tonight, uh, God has put it on my heart to uh, look into uh, Numbers chapter 13 and 14. So if you've got a Bible there, please open it. If you don't, as our pastor always says, there's one in the chair before you. Pick it up and, and use it. And uh, if you don't have a Bible, take it home. So, but if you do, make sure you read it. So we're at a point now in the, in the, in the book of Numbers where uh, they've been, you know, in freedom from Egypt for about two years. And they've encountered a lot of things. They've seen a lot of God's uh, mercy and a lot of God's uh, chastisement too. And now, though, they're finally at the, the doorstep of Canaan, the promised land. And uh, uh, God allowed them to uh, send men out to uh, you know, spy out the, the country. Now, that wasn't God's intent because God is God, and he knew that they, you know, if they just were obedient, they were going to go in and conquer the land. But uh, we were told in, uh, in the, the first of Chronicles, I think, is uh, where you know, they came to uh, Moses and says, you know, we ought to uh, you know, spy out the land. But anyway, uh, you know, we, we start here in, in chapter 13. And I'm going to start at uh, uh, verse uh, 25, but... The first section of this is uh, Moses selecting a leader, not the leader, but a leader from each of the 12 tribes to uh, come together, and then he's going to send them out to spy out the land. Now, there's two of them I just want to bring to our attention. Uh, I'm not concerned about uh, 12 of them because, in my estimation, they weren't very good anyway. (laughs) Just joking. I mean, they were God's people, but they were being disobedient. Uh, the two is Joshua, and he uh, represented the tribe of Ephraim, and then Caleb, who was from the tribe of Judah. Now, these two men uh, are heroes in the Bible, I believe. Joshua, a lot more attention. He ended up being Moses' uh, replacement in bringing the, uh, the Israelites into the promised land. And Caleb isn't mentioned that time. I think he's mentioned though about maybe 30, 31 times in the Bible. But the thing I like about uh, Caleb is his uh, uh, faith, his total faith in God. And uh, as a young Christian man, uh, I had two, uh, two heroes. <laughs> you know, of course, you look at Paul and you look at uh, James and John and uh, these people. And I looked at them, too, as, you know, want to be the, my heroes. But, and they are. But I figured, you know, I'll never be like Paul. You know, I, I want to be. But, you know, if God says so, I'll be like, fine. But I knew one thing that God would let me be like. And that would be Barnabas. And Caleb. So I've tried to live my life 
uh, based on what I've read about the two of them, and I'm not going to go into Barnabas tonight, maybe another time, but uh, I'm going to highlight Caleb as we go through this. And I'd like to read a little bit now, uh, starting at uh, 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 chapter 13 of verse 25. Uh, uh, or maybe I ought to go back. <laughs> well, anyway, yeah, let's start here. Uh, yeah. All right, yeah, yeah, they went. <laughs> Sorry about that. Now, talking about the spies, when they return from spying out the land at the end of 40 days, they proceeded to come to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the sons of Israel in the wilderness of Paran, Kadesh. And they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Now, they travel over about 500 miles in this time, going through all the sections of the, of the promised land and, and uh, you know, sp- split up into groups so they weren't, you know, all 12 people going at the same time and, you know, having suspicion, you know, suspect, uh, being suspected uh, by the uh, Canaanites there. But on the way back, they broke off a branch of uh, grapes. And it was so big that two men had to carry it on a stick. Now, that's a lot of grapes. And besides that, they had other fruit, figs, pomegranates, and things like that. So they come back and... Uh, and, and with the fruit. And then it continues here. Nevertheless, the people who live in the land. Now, these are the, the uh, you know, a, a leader of the t- 10, I guess, saying, nevertheless, the people who live in the land are strong and the cities are fortified and very large. And moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Amalek. Uh, is living in the land, and the Negev, and the Hittites, and the Jebusites, and the Amorites are living in the hill country. The Canaanites are living by the sea and by the side of the Jordan. In essence, what they're saying, we're afraid. We're not going to be able to do it. And, and uh, you know, let's recap a little bit about their trek from Egypt, or starting with Egypt, and getting to this point, we're all aware of this. You know, first of all, while they were still captive in Egypt, uh, you know, God put eight plagues against the Egyptians. And all these people that are here now, they saw that. They witnessed all of that. They, how God dealt with the Egyptians and with Pharaoh for not letting the, you know, his people go. So they're aware of God's ability to do miracles and to protect them and to lead them. Then, you know, right away, you know, they, they, get, a, they get to the, uh, the sea, and, and what does God do? Something that can't be done, except by God. He parts the sea, and they walk across on dry land. We all know that. And then what happens as soon as they're over there? The Egyptian army goes in there. And the water comes back on. I mean, 
wow, you know, they're witnessing this. And then as they get there, you know, they, 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 they grumble and they, you know, get, you know, God gives them what they need. You know, the water at Mara, uh, you know, the manna that God sent down, the uh, squail when they didn't, you know, they were grumbling about not having meat. And, uh, and then also the water at, at, in the rock at Rephim. And, you know, all these times, they gripe, 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 you know. Oh, you know, what has God done to us? You know, here we're out in the wilderness. We don't have food. We don't have water. But each time, God in his grace and mercy gives them what they need. Now, you know, we can look at this now because we know the whole story. (laughs) Uh, How could they be so blind and how could they be so full of... uh, uh, fear and no and, and no faith in God, but you know what? None of us are are immune to that. We can, if we take our eyes off God and our and our faith in God, we can end up the same way, living in fear. You know, you know, is this going to be okay? Am I going to be in trouble? Am I whatever? Uh, God's grace has been with them. But they have not been faithful for the whole time. And uh, that's what I call, you know, not false faith, but uh, weak faith. And uh, we're going to see a couple different uh, levels of faith as we go through the rest of the book here. Uh, We'll continue in uh, Numbers uh, verse... uh, Verse uh, 30. Now, this is right after the, the 12 spies uh, have to- told them, in, in essence, we can't go in there. Uh, you know, we're going to be beaten. Uh, we're going to suffer. But then Caleb jumps up and quieted the people before Moses and said, we should by all means go up and take possession of it, for we will surely overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are too strong for us. So they gave out to the sons of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, the land through which we have gone is, in spying it out, is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great size. There also we saw the Nephilim, uh, who the sons of Anak are part of the Nephilim, and we became like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. Now, like I say, they've, they've experienced all these miracles that God has, uh, has provided for them, They've been in the, in, in the place, they came back and said, it's a beautiful land. It's you know, flowing with milk and honey. Uh, it's everything God promised. But God also promised that he was going to put them in it. That he was going to put them in. He didn't say you're going to have to fight to get in it. So now I'm saying this is no faith. <laughs> this is no faith at all. So 
you know, it's a warning to us. If we become so full of fear in things that we have to encounter, that we can lose our faith too, temporarily. We, we can just say, oh my goodness, you know, this isn't going to happen. But God is faithful. And when we've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and he's Lord in our life, we can stray it. But he's going to bring us back. But there's always, there's always consequences to sin and lack of faith. So I want to continue here now. Uh, obviously, I'm not as polished as some of these other speakers, but I love the Lord. So um, then just to, to go, go over here. Uh, oh, wait, I got to start over here. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, In chapter uh, 14, then. Uh, then all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. All the sons of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said to them, Would that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would that we had died in the wilderness? Now, I don't know about you, but I read that and say... Now, that's kind of stupid. <laughs> where does it matter where you're going to die? <laughs> oh, look, bring us back to Egypt. Let us die there or, you know, do away with us in, 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 the, in the wilderness. But don't let us go into the promised land and die where they weren't scheduled to die. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. You know, and yet we can be very critical of those people. But let's not forget, we're just like they are, or were. You know, we're no different. That's why we're going to talk a little bit later about strengthening our faith. And uh, because we all need strength in our faith and in whom the faith is for. So let's continue here. Why is the Lord bringing us into this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will become plunder. Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? Well, first of all, the Lord is not bringing them in for that. He's bringing them into the promised land to prosper. So that's an out loud misunderstanding or, or lie. Uh, that's not what he was doing. But return to Egypt? Well, they had such a wonderful life there, didn't they? I mean, <laughs> shortly before they were released by God, uh, the uh, Egyptians, you know, multiplied their chores. <laughs> you know, just made them do more and more and more. They were using them, you know, as the slaves they were. Uh, they grumbled about living there, but now they want to go back because they are afraid. Not because, you know, God is with them, but they're afraid. And, and again, we have to be very careful. I know many times when I was reading this through the years, 
I, I was so critical of the Egyptians. And then as I got older and had more responsibilities and more things surrounding me in my life, I understood that faith is the answer to all our problems. Faith in God, faith in our Lord. Because God is in control, whether we want to believe it or not. Most of the time, we want to be in control. I know I was always that way. I'm the man. I'm macho. I'm in, tr- I'm in control of everything. Little did I know back then uh, that I was far from being in control. I, you know, I had a lot to learn. And I praise God that uh, I'm still learning. I'm not there yet, but I'm still learning. So, in, cha- in uh, verse 4, so they said, they said to one another, let us appoint a leader and return to Egypt. Well, yeah. Who's going to be a better leader than Moses? <laughs> you know, he's, he's done well. They know he's done well. They looked up to him. They honored him, except when they grumbled. <laughs> you know, when things weren't going the way they wanted, then they found uh, reason to grumble against him. But they honored him. They, they, they knew that uh, Moses was God's chosen leader. But here they want to appoint one. Like they all have such great wisdom that they're going to, going to find this uh, leader that's going to bring them back and everything's going to be fine. Well, then we look at uh, Moses and Aaron's, uh, 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 you know, uh, result here. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces in the presence of all the assembly of the congregation of the sons of Israel. Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Bethuna, uh, of those who had spied out the land, tore their clothes. So here we're talking about you know, Joshua and, and Caleb again. Two of the men out of the twelve the other ten, they just caved in uh, to, the, to their fear. But Joshua and Nun are faithful. And it looks like at this point in time, there's only four faithful people in the whole uh, tribe, the whole uh, country. And that's Moses, Aaron, Joshua, and Caleb. They're faithful. Four men. So, seven. And they spoke to all the congregation of the sons of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord is is pleased with us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord, and do not fear the people of the land, for they will be our prey. Their protection has been removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Now, you know, that's a lot of faith. That's a lot of faith. No, he says right here, if, you know, if he's pleased with us, which means going back, worshiping him, trusting him, because if we don't trust him, he's not pleased with us. 
but they refused to do that. But the congregation said to stone them with stones. Well, that's kind of an oxymoron, but you know, stone them with stones. Then the glory of the Lord appeared in the tent of meetings to all the sons of Israel. Now, I'm assuming that's the Shekinah glory that showed up again and, and just covered the place because God was now angry, and, and justifiably so. Uh, here they're trying to, to stone the four men that are staying uh, uh, faithful. And, uh, and then uh, God speaks to Moses in the Shekinah glory. Verse 11, the Lord said to Moses, how long will this people spurn me? And how long will they not believe in me, despite all the signs which I have performed in their midst? Now, he's going to do even more as they continue on their, their travel. But, you know, look at the things that we already mentioned that he did for them. And, and they, they forgot all about it. Uh, and then in verse 12, he says, I will smite them with pestilence and dispossess them, and I will make you, in, make you into a nation greater and mightier than they. Now remember, they promised, you know, a, a great nation. But now he's going to do away with all of them. All of them, uh, except four people, because they were obedient. Now, as we read on here, uh, it, it looks like God, uh, Moses changed God's mind. But that's not it. God never changes his mind. But he uses, he uses this for people to learn and to be more faithful. So in 13, but Moses said to the Lord, then the Egyptians, now he's pleading you know, not to do this. Then the Egyptians said to the Lord, uh, uh, then Moses said to the Lord, then the Egyptians will hear of it and by and for, for by your strength, you brought up this people from their midst. And they will tell it to the inhabitants of the land. They have heard that you, O Lord, are in the midst of this people. For you, O Lord, are seen eye to eye while your cloud stands over them. And you go before them in pillar and of cloud by day and in the pillar of fire by night. Now, if you slay this people as one man, in other words, all together. Uh, uh, then the nations who have heard of your fame will say, because the Lord could not bring this people into the land, which he promised them by oath, therefore he slaughtered them in the wilderness. But now I pray, let the power of the Lord be great, just as you have declared. The Lord is slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness forgiving iniquity and transgression, but he will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the, on the children to the third and fourth generation. Pardon, I pray, the iniquity of this people according to the greatness of your loving kindness, just as you also have forgiven this people from Egypt even until now. So. Here we, you know, I'm sure in my estimation that
that God allowed this to happen, uh, you know, with Moses, that Moses would cry out. Uh, and, and as an example uh, to other people in the, in the, in the country, in the, in the nation of faith, and, and, and knowing God. Moses knew God. Moses knew God. God spoke directly to him. And he knew God's character. He knew everything about him that, you know, was, was given to God. He, he knew his, his kindness, his, his generosity in, in dealing with people. But he also knew his wrath. So he pleaded with God. And of course, God, because I believe it was his plan anyway to, to teach the lesson and then to continue on, uh, he, uh, uh, he, he responds to uh, Moses, uh, chapter uh, in uh, verse 20. So the Lord said, I have pardoned them according to your word. Now, I don't know if he just pardoned them or if he had already pardoned them. But indeed, as I live, all the earth will be filled with the glory of the Lord. Surely all the men who have seen my glory and my signs, which I performed in Egypt and in the wilderness, yet have put me to the test these ten times and have not listened to my voice, shall by no means see the land which I swore to, the, to their fathers, nor shall any of those who spurn me see it. But my servant, well, let me just stop there for a minute. So right away, he's saying anybody that's 20 years old and older is never going to go into the promised land. He's not going to give him that, that joy, that peace. But he's, those that are younger than that, their children, grandchildren, they're going to be ushered in. But uh, just to continue here then, uh, in verse 24, uh, but my servant Caleb, because he has had a different spirit and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land which he entered and his descendants shall take possession of it. So he points out Caleb again. Now, he didn't mention Joshua there, but we know that Joshua being the, the second in charge to Moses, and we know from reading on that, you know, he's the one that leads them in. So, uh, but even Moses and Aaron don't get there. And Joshua gets in, you know, with uh, Caleb. They're the only two old guys that make it in. And uh, to me, that's uh, kind of comforting, uh, you know, because of my age. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, um, so let's just continue on this then. Now the Amalekites and the Canaanites live in the valley, uh, turn tomorrow and set out to the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea. 
The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron saying, how long shall I bear with the evil congregation who are grumbling against me? I have heard the complaints of the sons of Israel, which they are making against me. Say to them, as I live, says the Lord, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I will surely do to you. Your corpses will fall in this wilderness, even all your numbered men, according to your your complete number from 20 years old and upward, who have grumbled against me. Surely you shall not come into the land in which I swore to settle you, except Caleb the son of Jephunneh and Joshua the son of Nun. Your children, however, whom you said would become prey, I will bring them in, and they will know the land which you have rejected. That's kind of neat, isn't it? They were afraid that they were going to be preyed upon. And God says, no, I'm going to bring them in, but not you. Uh, Your your sons shall be shepherds for 40 years in the wilderness, and they will suffer for your unfaithfulness until your corpses lie in the wilderness. According to the number of days which you spied out the land, 40 days, for every day you shall bear your guilt a year, even 40 years, and you will know my opposition. Well, I'll tell you, no, pulling no punches. He's telling them you know, what's going to happen, and they're understanding they're, they're a sin. And continue. I, the Lord, have spoken surely. Surely this I will do to all the evil congregation who are gathered together against me. In this wilderness they shall be destroyed, and there they will die. As for the men whom Moses sent out, sent to spy out the land, and who returned and made it all, made all the congregation grumble against him by bringing out a bad report concerning the land, even those men who brought out the very bad report of the land died by a plague before the Lord. But Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, remained alive out of those men who went to spy out the land. Now, to me, again, this is just pointing out what true faith is. There's consequences to weak faith to no faith. There's rewards to true faith. And uh, unfortunately, only four men you know, saw the, the benefits of being faithful. The rest of the entire nation, except for those under 20 years old, would not see the promised land. And, and you know, that, that's... Uh, that's heartbreaking when you think about it. Can you imagine if something that happened to us today, you know? And uh, just say, you know, all of us over the age of 20, you know, disobeyed and God didn't take care of us. There'd be a lot of people missing their other, you know, their older people, wouldn't they? I'm sure that happened here. But... God is good, and God saw them in, 
and uh, and uh, and God was going to take care of them. Now, it didn't mean they wouldn't have problems, as we know from reading it. Even after they got into the promised land, they didn't take all the land as they were supposed to. They left some of the other tribes there, the Gentiles, that were not godly. But before we close here, I just want to go to Joshua chapter 14. Just, you know, I, I just like this guy, Caleb. <laughs> Verse 6 in chapter uh, 14 of Joshua. They're in the, in the process now of dividing up uh, the land. They're already in, in the, the promised land. And now they're dividing it up. And I'm just going to uh, go right here to this uh, chapter uh, 14, verse 6. Then the sons of Judah drew near to Joshua in Kilgal. In Gilgal. And Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said to him, You know the word which the Lord spoke to Moses. And the man of God concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought, back, brought word back to him as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt with fear. But I followed the Lord my God, fully. So Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land on which you, your foot was trodden will be an inheritance to you and to your children forever, because you have followed the Lord my God fully. Now, uh, he continues, Now behold, the Lord has let me live. Now this is uh, Joshua, you know, I mean, uh, Caleb talking. Now behold, the Lord has let me live, just as he spoke these 45 years, from the time that the Lord spoke this word to Moses, when Israel walked in the wilderness. And now I behold, I am 85 years old today. I am as strong, I am still as strong today as I was in the day Moses sent me. As my strength was then, so my strength is now. For war and for going out and coming in. Now then, give me this hill country about which the Lord spoke on that day. For you heard on that day that the Anakim were, were there with great fortified cities. Perhaps the Lord will be with me and I will drive them out as the Lord has spoken. So Joshua blessed him and gave him Hebron, gave Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, for an inheritance. Now, to me, I think that's fantastic. 85 years old. And you know the, the part that he chose? That was the part with the biggest people, the most fortification, the strongest people. He says, that's what I want. Give it to me. 
I don't fear them because the Lord is with me. That's faith. That is real, real faith. Now, how does that apply to us, you know, today? You know, we all have faith. Those of us that have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we have faith. We, we, we couldn't accept him as Lord if we didn't. But what is the strength of our faith? Is, is our faith kind of wishy-washy, you know, depending on the circumstances? Uh, when we go through uh, trials and tribulations, does our faith wane a little bit because we're not sure if God's in control? Or when things are going really great, do we forget about God and, 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 and our faith is waned because, well, yeah, everything's going good. You know, I don't need to be worshiping God as much anymore. You know, there's all kinds of different situations that uh, can enter our lives, even as Christians. And that's why it's so important that we pray each and every day that God will increase our faith. And, you know, God wants to do that. And you know how he does that? He does that through our communications with God. God wants to hear from us, each one of us. None of us are insignificant in God's sight. God loves us all. God loves the pastor. God loves the individual that, that does the uh, floor cleaning. Uh, the same. There's no, no, no difference between us. So pray. Pray every day. Earnestly. You know, not, you know, and it doesn't have to be these long one we used to call King James prayers. Be, you know, just pray like you're talking to a friend. Because even though he's our God, he's our friend. Talk to him that way. Earnestly. And not only for yourself, pray for other people. And not just our brothers and sisters in the Lord. Pray for those that are our enemies. That's a hard thing to do. But you know what? With God, all things are possible. And I love that. So the other way that we keep our faith is right here. From Genesis through Revelation, study it. It's not good enough just to come to church twice a week and hear the gospel. God wants us to know this. And we all have the ability through the Holy Spirit to understand the, the scriptures. Sometimes we need help. Yeah, that's why we have pastors. You know, that's why we have theologians to help us. But don't depend on the pastors and the theologians because all we have to do is turn on the TV and know that there's a lot of pastors out there and so-called theologians that are uh, preaching hypocrisy, you know, and uh, we have to be very careful. That's why you study yourself and then you know when the preacher, the pastor, is on tomb with, with the, the Holy Spirit. Now, uh, before we close, I just want to, I'm not going to get into this now because we don't have time, but 
there's a there's something in the in the New Testament that I think helps us with our faith. And when you go home tonight, tomorrow, Colossians chapter three, read the whole thing. Read it, and then read it again. To me, that's an outline of how we are to live and how our faith is going to get us through. So uh, promise me you'll do that. So uh, I think that's about all God has put on my heart to, to say. So as we uh, are ready to go, let's just have a word of prayer. Father, again, uh, we just want to lift the name of Jesus up and to praise you. And Father, I just pray that uh, the scriptures that we've heard tonight uh, will penetrate our heart and soul. And Father, that we'll seek your guidance in everything we do. I pray, Father, that our faith will be increased, that we never waver, that our faith will continue on a on an upward uh, uh, path that we might continue to have more faith each and every day, knowing that you will never leave us or, or forsake us. So, Father, thank you for teaching us tonight. And I just pray, Father, that each one of us that is here goes tonight, that you'll bless each one, give them a safe trip home, and guide and protect them. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.